How can we honestly fight pride in our lives? We are only humbled sinners who receive the benefits of Christ as we stand near the cross. So there is this ongoing and powerful theme of keeping as near to the cross as possible in order to be and stay humble. Welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and it is so great to have you listening today. This podcast is to encourage you and I, and really any woman who listens, that we can be unshaken because of Christ, no matter our circumstances. And isn't that just a wonderful thing to remember today? We don't have to be shaken by the world and tossed to and fro. We can know Christ, we can live in Christ, and I love that. Um, Today is episode 161. We are jumping into this month's installment of our book chats for the summer. If you are joining us today for the first time, we are spending this summer reading the book Humility by C.J. Mahaney. It is an excellent read, very applicable, and honestly, very challenging. We started this last month, so if you're joining us today, you might want to go back and read through chapters one through four and listen to that episode. That was episode 158. I am joined today by my friend, Erica Simpson. I'm so glad to have you, Erica, with us. Hi, Julie. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, I mean, you've been on quite a few times, actually. Yeah, thank you. It's a lot of fun, and I love doing these book chats with you. So. Yeah, it is fun. It, it makes us have to read. Yes. So before we jump into our content today, Erica, what is one thing that is your favorite thing? from this past week, or or maybe just something you really enjoyed. I'm really into the superlatives, right? Like your favorite, yes. you know, the best. Yes. What's well, something you loved? This is definitely superlative. Um, my first grandchild was born this week. <gasps> I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. She came this week, and I am blown away. It's just surreal. So I really can't put into words how amazing that was to, to uh, be a part of and to just experience becoming a grandma. So Aww. you know what that feels like, though. I do. It's so <laughs> much fun. It's yeah. really fun when, um, as a grandma, you can, like, watch your son and daughter-in-law or daughter mm-hmm. and son-in-law, like, become parents. I bet. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. It makes I my heart. so many thoughts yeah. already. I'm yeah. just... Yeah. Okay, we're not going to cry today, but no, how no, exciting it is. It was happy. Yes. <laughs> well, crying tears of, of happiness is what I'm thinking. You know, like it's just emotional it and it's is, good. And, and it's a change. Yeah, it's great. Well, yeah. congratulations, Thank Grandma. You. I should have introduced you oh, a different don't call way. Me grandma, though. I got to find my new name. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nini. We're going to call you Nini. <laughs> I don't cute. know. Somebody out there probably is Nini. Yeah. We should do like a social media post. What should Erica yes. be called? <laughs> Give me some ideas because I don't know. My kids, everyone I come up with, they're like, nah, not that. Okay, so when my son Jacob was a baby, when he was able to talk, Mm -hmm. um, he had a really hard time with some beginning letters. So instead of calling, for some reason, my parents were like grandma and grandpa, and then Bill's mom and dad were like grandma and grandpa. So that's confusing. So you had, and they had already been set because there was grand, there's, you know, grandkids on both sides. Because if it's the first one, they're the ones who said it, right? Right. So um, Jacob had a hard time with it. So he would say, Amma and Ampa. Hmm. And that's what it turned into for a long time was Um. Amma and Ampa. (laughs) And I remember the time when he was like three or four and we were sitting, probably like two and a half actually. We were sitting and both my parents and my in-laws were at the table and we were all sitting around. And all of a sudden, Jacob looked at, around and he went, Amma, Ampa? And then he looked at my parents, Amma, Ampa? Like he realized, wow, I have two sets. <laughs> and I think he didn't realize it until they were together. Yeah. You like, know, look so. at all of you people here for me. <laughs> right. And you're all the same name. So anyway, do something different, you do though. have to come up with a new name. So. Yes. 
All right. Well, um, I actually have a couple things. So another another really joyful thing is I celebrated my 26th wedding anniversary Aww. this month. Congratulations. Yeah. And it was just enjoyable to go out for dinner. Um, we actually took a trip driving around our city just mm-hmm. because it was evening and we were like, let's just take a drive. And we went to a whole bunch of places that have special memories to us. Um, we drove by some of my husband's first homes that he lived in, like apartments and stuff, and just looked around and we talked about stories. And then we talked about some of our places we went on dates and we went to our first house in this little little you know house um, on a little quiet street. It was wow. like 1,800 square feet, you know, not a super yeah. big house. That sounded kind of big. Wow. I guess it's all relative. It is. Um, and then... We moved to another house and we drove by that house and, you know, now we're in this and just these places and we both went to the same university. So it was just very, very sweet Mm. to be able to do that. And I really enjoyed it. It really made us have great conversation about the way that God has blessed us and all the things he's brought us through, Mm. you know. And the other thing I loved is having some downtime this particular week. I think I got through some crazy things the past month and (laughs) I enjoyed like going to my garage and cleaning it out. Uh. And working on a couple other projects, um, like weeding and mm-hmm. doing that kind of stuff. So it felt really good. That's good. You got to have some of that downtime. You do. It makes everything else kind of manageable. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I couldn't do the stress, like the busy, busy, busy all the time Mm-mm. too much. All right. Well, let's get started with this particular topic today, which is um, C.J. Mahaney's book called Humility. We will be reviewing chapters five through eight. So it's four chapters. If you have not read these chapters I actually encourage you to stop, pause the the episode, and go read them. Um, We don't cover everything. We are just having a conversation. But I think it would be a huge benefit to you to actually read or, as I do, listen to the books. I love audiobooks. Um, So go do that first and then join us in a minute. Or if you've already done that, then stay tuned. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, let's get started. Erica, why don't you start with a summary of Chapter 5? Okay, so I also want to say I've always wanted to read this book, so I'm excited that we're doing this. Um, A lot of people have talked about it through the years, so it's been good. But this chapter is called As Each Day Begins, and so basically just focuses on building a godly morning routine. Um, And I think that's like morning routine is, you know, a popular phrase if you're in the planner world or you have a habit tracker, but this is actually the meat around that whole framework. So he offers some awesome teaching and reasoning about some great suggestions. Yeah. Um, I remember a long time ago, and my daughters will hate that I'm bringing this up, but um, they used to, when they were like 12, 13, watch YouTube channels of my daily routine. Yeah. I, I think that was kind of a thing once where girls would show you how they got ready every day. Yeah. You know, it was the beginning world of, you know, YouTube becoming a big deal. But you're right. This is a great book for that. This Mm -hmm. is a great chapter, I should say. All right. Is there any definitions or concepts we should think about before we move into some of the questions? Um, Just really that what you choose to do in the first moments of your day can actually set you on course for the whole day. Mm. And um, this is good for me. I have a timely reminder. But I keep my phone by my bed because I don't really want to be unreachable through the night if a need comes up. But I have to confess that it's really a bad thing for me in the morning um, because it's the first thing I grab. Mm. And I've noticed it more over the past year or two that I I don't really give my first moments to God. Um, instead, I give them to my phone, which usually I have discovered dulls my appetite to go to the Word of God. So I am definitely convicted on this point, and I know I need to find a better solution where my phone is near but not so accessible to me that I 
and just for the point of to give my waking moments to God. Um, I, I just think that's such a small thing, but to acknowledge him first thing in the morning and not just go to default other things. So um, I also wanted to mention, I recently heard an Ask Pastor John from Desiring God on this recently, and the episode was titled Better Than Scrolling Your Phone in the Morning. Mm. And I don't have the episode number, but um, it was from June 19th, 2023. And it was very good. It's about why we we turn to that before God and just good pause for thought. Wow. Well, we can definitely attach that into our show notes because people might want to listen to that. I actually really enjoy listening to Ask Pastor John. I I think there's a lot of questions on there that I get an answer to. Um, or they're just little snippets. They're not very long. Yeah. Um, you know, Erica, I love this because um, I was thinking about, um, for me, how often I fill up my time, you know, and I'm, and that's exactly it. Like you fill up your time with all this stuff, like um, with the social media or with just checking my email. And that's just, it's just, it's up time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that you're talking about starting your day that way. That's really, really good. Now I have to do it. <laughs> okay, so really I will part. check in with you. Thank How you. about That'd that? Great. That is something that I can completely relate to. Uh, one of the concepts in this chapter that really hit me was this simple idea to reflect on the wonder of the cross. Um, it's 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 one of the habits he suggests in this daily pattern that he talks about. It helps to really kill our pride because. What we're remembering is what Christ did for us and how our lives are changed because of the work Christ has done. It helps us to see that we are wretched sinners deserving hell, and because of God's great grace and mercy, we don't need to be heading to hell. We can live joyfully for eternity, and it's nothing we do. Um, That's a pretty big concept, but something we need to do daily. Um, My favorite favorite way to do this is through a music. Mm. I think singing Christian hymns and praise and worship songs reminds me of this fact often. If they're they're good, you know, praise and worship songs that point to Christ, not tell me what I'm doing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just think that's a really good reminder. And I think that's going to come out in this chapter if you mm-hmm. read it a lot. Yeah, for sure. And there's so many great quotes. And one yeah. of them that um, stuck out to me was from C.J. Mahaney. Um, he says, I'm convinced of this from Scripture. And out of that certainty and conviction, I must consider how I daily, diligently, and deliberately weaken my greatest enemy, which is pride, Mm. and strengthen my greatest friend, humility, all motivated by grace in the shadow of the cross. And I like this section because, or this quote, because I think it summarizes the whole chapter really well. Um, We can love the idea of humility and acknowledge that we need to kill pride, but then we can also never really live in that posture. Mm. And so um, it reminds me of in James where you can look in the mirror, acknowledge truth, and then you walk away forgetting what you saw. And so just a reminder like to daily and deliberately take action to do this, like moving my phone and holding myself accountable. Are you asking me sometimes, um, how's it going? Because I could just acknowledge it and move on or I can actually address it. And he just talks about keeping our ambition and our motivation in constant check by the cross. Hmm. Um, And I liked how he said, we are only humbled sinners who receive the benefits of Christ as we stand near the cross. So there is this ongoing and powerful theme of keeping as near to the cross as possible in order to be and stay humble. Hmm. I really really think that's powerful and effective. Yeah. How about you, Julie? I agree. Um, I think it, one of the quotes, it was not from C.J. Mahaney because 
I mean, he's the author, so like the whole book is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was from um, a great um, Christian man commentator, Martin Lo- Lloyd-Jones. And he said, um, so C.J. Mahaney quoted Martin Lloyd-Jones. Mm-hmm. So it's a quote and a quote. There is only one thing I know of that crushes me to the ground and humiliates me to the dust. And that is to look on the Son of God and especially contemplate the cross. Mm-hmm. So my answer which actually fits in with what I said earlier, hits me the hardest in this chapter. And that is the concept of understanding and knowing my place in regard to God, Mm. which I think is really good. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the Bible fits into this chapter in a lot of ways. Um, I think it's a very applicable chapter. I like the the to-dos, right? Um, But because of this, I actually don't see a list of Bible verses really anywhere in here, Mm -hmm. but so many concepts that I think are helpful. And one of the concepts is the importance of expressing gratitude to God each day. Mm which of course is in the Bible many times, um, and being thankful. And of course, there are tons of verses on this. Um, He didn't even list a verse about thankfulness, but there are many in the Bible. I mean, my favorite is Philippians, right? It just commands us to rejoice in the Lord always. Mm -hmm. And there's so many more. Um, One of my favorite things in this section is that someone named Michael Ramsey said, thankfulness is a soil in which pride does not easily grow. I thought that was really, really good. And something I've learned in the past couple of weeks is that the word rejoice is one of the most common commands in the Bible. So this is what God calls us to cultivate and is to rejoice and be thankful in our, our garden of our heart, right? So if we're growing good things in our garden, we will not have as many weeds or sin grow up. And if, our, if we're diligent to be thankful and grateful to the Lord for what he has done, for how he has made us, for the ways um, that he has blessed us, then we will not be so quick to fall into grumbling, which actually falls into a critical spirit, which actually ends up in pride, mm-hmm. right? Because we must think we're better than others or think that we're, we know more. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right. So Erica, what about, what's some personal applications from chapter five for you? I for sure could get overwhelmed here and I could apply all kinds of things, but I will pick one. I love that. Let's just start with (laughs) one thing. What's the most obvious? And for me, I think I just need to constantly be keeping technology in its place. So I already mentioned my first moments of the day, but then also I've been considering my afternoons and evenings, which I know we're going to talk about in the next chapter. Um, So reading through this helped me kind of evaluate my days, but um, Technology can definitely help me draw near to God, but and it can help me abide in Christ. So I like how he says, um, he talks about seizing your commute. All the time that we spend in travel or we spend in solitude that we could actually be using to right. glorify God. Right. So that's a great point and challenge. So I, I seize my commute when I go to my laundry room, and right. I spend a lot of time doing clothes for a lot of people in our family. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do enjoy listening to good things while I work in my home. But a new ditch that I've been falling into, um, you know, you can go one way and correct and then overcorrect another way, yeah. um, is that I can become too insular in what I'm listening to. And then I, I just want to create my own little bubble in my earbuds. So um, I really have to check myself. Like, what am I doing as a mother if I insulate myself from my kids' voices and their mm. questions? Like, do they see me as inaccessible? You know, so I don't like that feeling when my teenagers have earbuds in their ears and I can't talk to them. So mm-hmm. how do my kids, <laughs> right? How's that, how's that look to my children? So anyways, I'm working on being um, approachable to my kids, but also using technology in a way that is useful. Um, but I just need to put my phone away more. And how does this tie to humility? Well, I guess um, just by giving of myself rather than being selfish. 
and commandeering my moments, surrendering them back to him when I go astray. So mm. it's just a struggle that, you know, you, you feel like you're trying to do a good thing and you overcorrect. Yep. <laughs> you're suddenly doing a new bad thing. So yep. it's yep. just something. Right. That, that in itself keeps us humble yeah. in many ways if we're aware of it yeah. and, and desiring. I can think of how many times I've been like scrolling on my phone for something. And sometimes I was even looking up something good, but I can mm-hmm. only do one thing at a time. Right. So my kids are like, somebody's talking to me and then they throw some stupid question. Like, can I jump off the top of the house? Because they know that I'm not listening. And I go, uh-huh, you know, <laughs> sure. like, mom, yeah. you were not Wait, listening. And I'll be out to <laughs> check your dead body. Right. Um, yeah, I really agree with you. There's just so much application and I could become quickly overwhelmed with all the things in this mm-hmm. chapter to do. Um, and, you know, Definitely, it's a sin I struggle with, this concept of pride. And these were very applicable. Well, chapter five and coming up to chapter Mm -hmm. six were really applicable and practical chapters. Um, I tend to get lost in listening to things. I love books on tape. I love on, or tape, boy, am I old. I love books on audio on my, you know, apps. I love to listen to podcasts. I like music. Sometimes I just fill up the the empty air with Mm -hmm. all that stuff when I could and probably should stop so God can speak mm-hmm. with me or so that even God, I could spend time communing, communing with God, mm-hmm. you know, in prayer for people. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes though, um, I, when I'm quiet, I, I read this article recently, you know, am I talking to myself or am I talking to God? Mm-hmm. And I find myself talking to myself, you know, like a lot. I replay things um, that have happened or maybe someone has hurt me or sometimes I will just walk through things very verbally, you know, mm-hmm. out loud. Okay, when I get home, I'm going to do this, this, and this. Instead of using that, those mundane moments, whether it's your commute or doing your laundry mm-hmm. or for me, gardening maybe. I don't know. I don't garden that often, but that sounds really nice to say. It's gardening. It's quiet. It is. It's quiet. Right. Any of those times when we do those things, there is something about having that quiet time mm-hmm. when we're focused on God. And I, I think of... um you know, all the people who have gone before us when they didn't have all this extra right. stuff, they probably had that time. I'm sure they struggled too. But one of the things I've been trying to do is um, focus more on like memorizing or meditating scripture and for praying. Mm. So I put a little, um, I've got a little, I found out this week that my window over my sink is, this is so dumb. Mm. Um, it's not wood, it's mag- It's metal, you know, so it's magnetic. And I was so excited because oh. I can put one of my magnetic hooks up there and my little cards of prayer. That's a great So idea. that when I'm standing at my sink, I can review those. Mm-hmm. And if not, I was just going to tape them up there, but it's probably better to do this. So that's cool. Anyway, so that's my my goal for this week. So you can check with me. Am I, okay. did I, am I actually praying when I'm doing dishes or am I doing other things? Okay. Good. All right. So let's jump into chapter six. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Chapter five will start our day, but chapter six actually ends our day. This chapter covers a few things, but most of it focuses on the idea um, of the fact that God blesses us with sleep and that we should be looking at this as a blessing from God and accepting sleep, right? Not, Mm -hmm. Not thinking we should just keep going. And it's kind of prideful to just keep moving. And this is how we should look at those last few minutes of our day, which is that another mundane time to remind ourselves of God and the work that he's doing. And I really like this, and I, I, I read this book last summer, and I got myself last summer into a really nice habit that I was reading in the morning and praying, and then I was reading in the afternoon and, or evening and praying, and then I kind of, over the school year, got out of it. I think it's because I just got really tired at night, so I need to kind of bump my day back, I think. Mm-hmm. So anyway, 
One of the concepts that I thought was interesting in this chapter is called cosmic plagiarism. Mm -hmm. It's basically just admitting that we are not the author of our life in our ministry, that everything we do should transfer the glory to God. And that's actually what we should be doing. That's our work every day. Mm. What about you, Erica? I liked that too. That was um, very telling. But I thought it was, you know, what a way to characterize pride. So one thing I appreciated about this chapter is the recognition, though, that we are creaturely that we're created beings and we were not meant to carry all of the cares that come our way. And I love the reminder that sleep is a gift. So a lot of times I tell this to my kids often, they are night owls like their dad and they tend to think sleep is a punishment. (laughs) I say to them often, sleep is a gift. Mm -hmm. Go to bed and rest. And I just love how he says, um, you know, God built us with a need for sleep and we're reminded that we are the created ones and that we are dependent on God, our creator. And I feel like that just lifts a burden that, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm meant to carry it all, but ah, to sleep is a gift. So um, one of the things that stuck out to me, he said, let not a single day end without the specific and intentional transfer of all glory for all grace to God alone. Mm. that this is the humble way to end each and every day. So kind of what you were talking about, um, our work every day is to notice where God has needing to be glorified or where Mm -hmm. we can glorify him. So I would love to get in this habit. And usually I do thank God for my bed and the ability to rest. I love going to sleep at night. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't want to make it seem like I oversleep. I don't get a lot of sleep, but I love to just go to bed. And I usually wake up in the middle of the night because of my age. But um, just to bring my day in review to him and then to transfer all of that glory to recognize where he was at work and to thank him for that. I mean, that's kind of mind-blowing. If I would do that, how would that impact my life? Yeah, that's crazy, really crazy. And I agree with you. I I think um, this isn't like uh, we should be sleeping you know, like we're called, right, like God's called us. Right, right. <laughs> Which I think we can, it's so interesting yes, how we can take something good are. and we can flip it into something bad True. and sinful. So we do always have to be asking God, you know, where am I at sin in these things? Yeah. But I agree with you. I love the, when I get to climb in my bed at night and um, I'm ready for bed and I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? I'm tired and that's God's gift to us. So, mm-hmm. okay. How about the Bible? Does it fit into this chapter anywhere? Um, well, again, there's not particular quotes, but these are just a few verses that highlight some truths about God's sovereignty and our creatureliness. Hmm. So um, Psalm 121.4, God does not sleep. It hmm. says, indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Hmm. Um, Psalm 127.2 says, in vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. So God grants sleep to those he loves. And Psalm 4, 8 says, In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Hmm. And I think that's why we can sleep, even when we have troubles mm-hmm. and turmoil, because we recognize his sovereignty, yeah. that he keeps us and he will carry us. And that's a huge blessing and why we can rest. Yeah. So. I also think of um, the morning and evening sacrifice. I'm reading through the Old Testament right now. And um, it's just good for us to come to the Lord in the morning and also the evening. And I'm I'm guilty of maybe coming in the morning, but just not coming back in the evening. Mm-hmm. 
And I really That's me too. would like to focus on that more. So it seems obvious, but I know I often fail at the close of the day. Yeah. <laughs> so well, I'd like and, to change that. And when you're building a habit, that's really what we have to do is build yeah. a habit. It's just like I have run into people who have a hard time getting up and reading their Bible in the morning and spending that time with them. And for me, that's such a habit that I've built over time mm-hmm. that I have to be like, okay, let's give them some time to work on this habit, mm-hmm. you know, so they become. And so we have to give ourselves a little bit of grace in it that we may mess up, we mm-hmm. may get off track, but it's okay. Just start okay. back over, right? Yeah. Just pick up your Bible in the evening or however you're going to make that end of the day. Maybe it's a prayer mm-hmm. right when you go to bed and, you know, whatever, um, and just keep going. So, mm-hmm. which kind of leads us into the application end mm-hmm. of this chapter. I think this idea of cosmic plagiarism was pretty heavy to me. Um, I need to be more diligent to transfer the glory to God. I so easily fall into the thinking that I am much more important than I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why this book and this chapter is really good to to read because it reminds me that I have to be intentional. My natural flesh will always think of myself Mm -hmm. all the time. It's thinking of Julie, Julie this, Julie that, Julie this again, instead of the intentionality that comes with thinking, okay, I'm going to think about God. I'm going to start my day with God and I'm going to end my day with God. And then I'm going to put him all in the middle and I'm going to, you know, take the little pieces of my day as I can um, and pray and, you know, whatever. I just right. think, I think that's really important because otherwise I'm, that's going to be what I actually, that's the antidote to self is mm-hmm. thinking about God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was thinking of two things while I was driving over here today. The first was just kind of how we are all the hero in our own story, <laughs> you know, like yeah, we are the protagonist in yeah. our lives, in <laughs> our mind. And so you're thinking about it's Julie this and Julie that. Well, it's Erica this and Erica that. Right. It's because we are... Sin- we can be superheroes together. Yes. <laughs> Join forces. You could make us capes. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, no. Okay, anyway, no, back no, no, to no, the real that. thing here. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. pride has dethroned yes. the rightful reign of Christ in yeah. our hearts. And so now we constantly battle that yep. um, self-centeredness. You yep. know, we think we're the center of the universe. And I, I think of... Um, John the Baptist, you know, his his words so few but so potent that he must increase and I must decrease. Yeah. And and that was the greatest man among women, you know. Mm-hmm. Um he's called that in scripture this great prophet and um and so why why do we think any less that we constantly need to be decreasing mm-hmm. and constantly letting him increase? And I think different things do that like aging yeah. Um, you know, there are just certain things built into this fallen yes. world that show us our frailty. Yeah. And things are changing and we're different. And it is hard, but it is also um what we do with that matters. And yeah. so, you know, I go back to Second Corinthians four that outwardly we're wasting away, mm-hmm. but day we're inwardly, daily we are being renewed. Yeah. Um, so we're something eternal inside, and that is for God's glory. Yeah. The other thing I was thinking of is how so often we're just doing mundane tasks, and we we think we deserve accolades for that. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of the passage in the Gospels where Jesus talks about the servant who says, "Did did you make the meal for your master? Did you wash his feet? Did you do these things? Mm-hmm. Great. Well, you only did your duty. Like that's right. what you were called to do. So, right. so when I start to fight my pride, it's like, let me just remember that I'm only doing my duty. And sometimes I'm not even doing that very well. Yeah. So why do I think I'm so worthy of accolades for right. 
things that really are just what I was called to do. And it makes so. me think of a comment you made in the last episode that we had on book chats where you talked about how um, when we start to think, oh, I'm doing really good mm. at humbleness and humility. <laughs> and then we go, oh, wait a minute, that's actually pride. <laughs> like, because it just ekes in there right. all the time. And so the real true humble people are not, they're not keeping track of the times right. that they've been humble, mm. right? They're just, it's just their innate heart. But I wonder if it comes naturally for anyone. I don't think so. Because yeah. of pride, because yeah. of our sin yeah. nature. Yeah. But like the more we we die to ourselves, yep. the more That's we right. decrease, you know, the yeah. more he increases and we decrease. And actually, I was just talking with a couple of ladies recently where we were talking about how as you grow older as a believer, often, not always, like you either grow one of two ways. You either mm. become like the critical old lady, which I always tell my family, I do not want to be a mm. critical old lady. I do not want to be. <laughs> yeah. And then, or the other way where, I don't know if you've met the older women who, they are just sweet and kind and humble. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the course of their lives. Mm -hmm. And actually one thing we talked about is however you want to be when you are 80 or 90, if the Lord gives you that many years, mm -hmm. is what you should be doing now. Mm you won't really change much. You'll actually get, you know, you're you're not going to, when you get 80, change into this amazing, right. you know, person that's humble. Huh. It's a process we start now. That's good. So it's not like we wait till then. And that's true with, with criticalness. We can't just say, oh, you know, I'm going to stop when I'm, right. when my kids are all out of the house and my, my family's all moved away and I'm by myself, I won't struggle with this. Well, that's actually not true. That's However you are now is how you will be mm. as you grow older, which yes. is a sobering thought to think about. Right. And just all the more reason to get to work on <laughs> yeah. the things that we're reading about. Yeah. Wow. We really, um, so one of the things we do with the podcast is we kind of like maybe make a few notes. We really went off our notes there, Erica. <laughs> Let's get Sorry. back on track. No, it's good conversation, but um, I think it's great. I kind of forgot we were doing a podcast there for a minute because mm -hmm. you and I were just chit-chatting. So, okay, let's move on. Erica, what is the summary of chapter seven? This chapter is called For Special Focus, and the author gives us some further suggestions on how to cultivate humility, and namely by studying the attributes of God, learning about the doctrines of grace, and also um, he speaks of studying the doctrine of sin and our role in fighting it, and then finally just learning to laugh at yourself. And each of these can be ongoing focuses which result in humility and sometimes humiliation. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, was there any quote, Erica, that stuck out to you most in this chapter? He said at the end, and I like this one, laugh often and laugh often at yourself. Hmm. So he quotes a man um, named Linval who wrote, Laughter is a divine gift to the human who is humble. A proud man cannot laugh because he must watch his dignity, but a poor and happy man laughs heartily because he gives no serious attention to his ego. And I think this is true. So being self-effacing and being able to laugh at yourself can be so good. And if you happen to be clumsy, then that helps too. <laughs> <laughs> do we know this from experience or I do. something? I'm yes. <laughs> um, I, I really liked um, that section entitled The Doctrines of Grace, which is one of those things you talked about earlier. I really like the paragraph on justification, which is one of those really gigantic words in the Christian world. But I think it's something we have to step back and just think about. So here, here's actually the paragraph. I'm just going to read it. Um, or take the doctrine of justification. See, we are justified before God, declared righteous in his sight, not on the basis of our moral performance, but on the basis of the perfect performance of his son. This is the very design of the gospel. 
so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Okay, that's from 1 Corinthians, and I I just think it's really important to think through and to actually define some of those words, because really, we are justified before God, but it's not anything that we do. And I think that's a pretty humbling, Mm -hmm. a humbling thing to remember. And I forget that. I don't know about you, but I can just get going, and I forget that it is because of Christ. So I think that's good. Mm -hmm. Okay, Erica, how about, how does the Bible fit into this chapter? Well, again, there's not a lot of scripture quoted, but um, I guess we really just need our Bibles to be able to apply this chapter, that if you want to study the attributes of God, you will find them in scripture. Nature alone can't describe how awesome he is. It definitely points to him, but it's his word that magnifies and Mm. further explains who God is to us. So if you want to learn about how salvation works and how we are saved, then we need to search the scriptures and understand the meteor things of our faith. Um, you can read good books about it, and those should all draw from the source, God's Word. Yeah, I love the idea of studying those attributes of God. Mm-hmm. I actually did a little Google search recently and found a free PDF calendar of mm. the attributes of God. You literally can just do attributes of God, free PDF calendar in your Google browser. And I was able to find it, download it, I printed it, and I've just started to like review one every day. Mm. And I've missed a few days, that's for sure. But even pausing and doing a few of them a month has been good to remember. And I thought, so I've been using them in the morning when I start my day, but I thought, ooh, as we've talked today, I thought I should do those at night. Hmm. That would be a really great thing to just remember. And I'm actually so nerdy that I took the sheet and put it into a sheet protector mm-hmm. and put it in a little binder, you know, the kind you put in a binder. And then I hung it in my office so that I could review it and see it as a reminder. But however you do it, I'm sure there's an app or something. Mm. Somebody techie probably has it on some app, attributes of God reminders or something. I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's a good a good practical way to do that. Yeah, that's an awesome idea. I really like that. Um, yeah, I've found comfort lately in just being reminded of the doctrines of grace. Like we're going through a book on my identity in Christ mm. for our women's studies this summer. And um, yes, I hung out in the justification chapter. Did you? For a while as I was, I think I was doing that as we were getting ready for this episode. And I thought, this book is so good. Yes, it is. Just, to, um, you know, things we might have learned once, but we've forgotten or things we really need to shore up. Okay. Know. So Erica, what is it called? It's called Who Am I? Identity in Christ by okay. Jerry Bridges. Awesome. We'll put that in our show notes too. Yeah, really good book. But um, just the foundations of salvation, how God is immovable. We don't always understand his ways and the ways our days look, um, but I found great assurance in these truths. It just keeps mm-hmm. me rooted in him. Yeah, it. I thought that was, I mean, I just finished this week our last Bible study night where we went over a chapter and it was. it's just so good. Mm-hmm. Number one, it's good to read, but it's also really wonderful to get together with a couple of women mm-hmm. who are wanting to grow in their faith and talk to them and, you know, um, be able to um, discuss some of the stuff in the book. And and it is a really good practical book mm-hmm. and lots of good words in there, like justification. So <laughs> anyway, okay, uh, let's go ahead and finish up with our last chapter of this episode, chapter eight. Yeah. So um, Erica, why don't you give us a, like a little short um, definition or a short summary? Okay, so in this chapter, C.J. Mahaney contrasts a critical spirit with a gracious spirit, and he calls it searching for evidences of grace. And rather than defaulting to criticism or little strokes to our pride, he says defer 
and instead look for evidence of God's grace in your own life and in the lives of people you live with, your church family, people who are difficult to love. So I thought this was really good and, you know, another practical way to be killing pride and living in humility. Yeah. So what definitions for you, Julie, um, or concepts stuck out to you? Um, Well, I think one that I thought was really good, he references the fruit of the Spirit um, in a section called Identifying Evidences of Grace. And he says... When you become familiar with the fruit of the spirit in the gifts of the and the gifts of the spirit and learn to recognize their manifestation, suddenly you will be aware that God is at work everywhere. Mm. Look anywhere and you'll see evidences of God's activity, evidence of grace. And I thought that was really good. Oftentimes I don't even think about the fruit of the spirit, but the fruit of the spirit actually are actions mm. and attitudes and heart work that show that we're a believer. It's like the outcropping of what is happening in our hearts. So I think these are another good list that we should be reviewing a few times a month. I've been in Bible studies where they ask during our prayer time, like, you know, which fruit of the Spirit do you see in your life? Which one do you want to work on? I thought, that's really good. Mm. And I think because I'm forgetful, I don't always do that. What about you, Erica? Um, Yeah, something that stuck out to me was only those who are humble can consistently identify evidences of grace in others. It's something that the proud and the self-righteous are incapable of. Mm. And I think this goes along with gratitude that like looking for things to be thankful for is similar, just like looking for evidences of grace in people. Um, Can we look for evidence of grace in their lives with a heart of gratitude rather than criticism and complaint? And I think it's just a really purposeful redirection of your thoughts and almost um, a little hunt <laughs> to, yeah. to look for where God has been at work, even when it's hard to see. And I find that when I do that, I usually walk away pretty encouraged mm. and not discouraged. Yeah, it's like the Where's Waldo book. Hmm. We're going to be saying, where's the fruit of the Spirit? <laughs> right. You know, it's like I could see them making a children's book like that. But, yeah. but seriously, be looking throughout our day, mm-hmm. which we go back to the same thing, Erica, All of the things that seem to come up in these four chapters have the word intentionality connected to them because these things do not come natural to us. So we have to be intentional to start our day with God, intentional to end our day with God, intentional to see God's goodness all Mm -hmm. throughout the day, intentional to be thankful, you know, like Mm -hmm. all these things fit in there. All right. So one of the things I was thinking about is um, that I need to be highlighted highlighting in my life is the evidence of grace that I see in my family and my friends around me. Um, I think encouragement is huge for people's personal growth. I can think of so many times that someone said something to me that they saw that was good or righteous or godly in me, which isn't from something I did. And it just encouraged me and it spurred me on in growth in that area. So I think it's important that we look around ourselves and see people and on a consistent basis with intentionality, as I already said, that we speak good and encouraging things. And as it, we're both mothers, and I think that's really the good place to start is with our family because mm-hmm. we're with them probably the most, but also those around us. And I tell you, when you encourage someone, I, I was in a, in a work environment this past year and I heard, um, I, I, I'm a substitute teacher, and I heard down the hallway one of the teachers and the way they were teaching and it was, um, they were helping some students understand something who weren't, they were in a small room And I was impressed with the patience of this teacher and the Mm -hmm. calmness and the way in which they they methodically went through this over and over. And so later on that week, when I ran into this teacher, I thought, I'm just going to tell him. So Mm -hmm. I encouraged him with this. The person was so shocked Mm -hmm. 
you know, they were just surprised that anybody would stop to say that they did a good job yeah. and that they could, and, and I was specific with things. And I, and I mean, it was really cool. And it made a connection between me and this teacher because, I mean, I think they probably needed to hear that, yeah. you know, and they were, it was just, it was just a natural thing in life. It wasn't necessarily something scriptural. I don't even think this person's a believer. So, mm-hmm. but I think it's just really good to do that. So mm. it's so easy to look at the negative and critical, but, or to compare ourselves to other people. Right. right. But I think that actually being on the lookout for what God is doing is actually a great protection for us in the area of criticalness. Mm, that's good. So. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, I think for me, there are times that I can get a critical spirit or maybe one of my children is just rubbing me the wrong way or pushing my buttons just so. And it's in these times when I struggle to see the best. But if I can recognize that, okay, I'm going down a critical path yeah. here or yeah. something is sour <laughs> towards this child in my heart. Yeah. Um, I, and I can stop and pray and really seek God for a new perspective. Um, I actually do see God change my heart. Mm. Um, and I'm so, I'm encouraged by that because I don't have to stay there even when it's challenging. Um, so I guess it's just a good reminder for me to stay in prayer and asking God to help me look for evidence of grace, especially in a couple of relationships that I, I don't always see that. So mm-hmm. that for sure grows humility and dependence on God. Yeah, I I really love that. That's a really practical thing to do. I like that you talked about how the world like talks about, you know, don't push my buttons. Mm. But in reality, we shouldn't even have the buttons, right? <laughs> you know, but we do. We do. But just the idea that it needs to be a intentional thing to do with our family mm-hmm. and our, our friends. Okay. Erica, would you pray for us? Sure. I'd love to. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. Thank you for this podcast and the work that Julie puts into it. And thank you for the women who listen and are encouraged. I know I am one of them. And I do pray that you would protect this work and help help it to um, be preserved from pride in any way. Um, I pray, Lord, that you would use it to encourage women and to encourage all of us um, to continue to press on in our faith. And we live in difficult days, but we have so much to hope in in Christ. And I pray that we would order our days around that. We would give you our moments in the morning and in the evening, and that we would be intentional to live in submission to you and to recognize ourselves in light of the cross and our dependence on you. We thank you for your grace and your love through Jesus for us. May you use this to bring yourself glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks, Erica, so much for being on today. We will um, be chit-chatting another time in August on the last four chapters of this book. You think you'll be ready? I'll be ready. All right. I'm not yet. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It is time for this episode's Tiny Tidbit. A tiny tidbit is a small piece of information that can help you in a really big way. Today's Tiny Tidbit is brought to you from Anna Spiewike. Anna, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. Have you ever been on a podcast before? I have not. Okay. Well, this is fun. That's very Mm -hmm. fun. Okay. Well, we're doing these tiny tidbits and they're all about things that help you. So I know the first one you shared with me before we started, and it is very helpful to women. So I think it would be really helpful in the area of like cleaning, right? Mm-hmm. Would you call it that? Okay. So, yeah. so what do you have for us? All right. So 
with my housekeeping, I have found that setting timers for myself while I'm doing daily tasks around the home has been super helpful for me to be more efficient in my housework. And it's really amazing to see how quickly some tasks can actually be accomplished when you're trying to beat the clock. Oh, yeah. Um, so for like example, in the evenings, I'll set like a five or 10 minute timer for each room that I want to tidy up before going to bed and hmm. just knock out what I can. Maybe I have a couple baskets of laundry or um, I've got to clean the bathroom. So I set a timer and I try to beat it. And um, just knowing that I have a time expectation helps me to stay focused and energetic. And it's really a great feeling when I finish with time to spare. Yeah. So are you a little competitive? Very little. Oh, okay. uh, actually, not a I lot. Won- I wondered if this was like your own competitive self trying to like beat the timer. But no, no. Yeah. Well, I think that I am competitive, like in that sense. Yeah. But yeah. it's just nice to know, like, wow, I got that done yep. a yep. lot quicker than yes. I thought it would initially take me. Yeah. When when I was a young mom, I hated cleaning the bathroom. I, I know I've shared this before in the podcast, but I hated cleaning the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It was like the worst job. Mm-hmm. It's still not my favorite. <laughs> but I timed myself. Now, I didn't try to beat the timer, but just mm. timing myself, I was like, wow, it took me 12 minutes to clean this. Mm-hmm. And I make it like it's seven hours. You exactly. Know? Yeah. So, you, you know, that's a really good simple mm-hmm. simple thing and everybody almost everybody's yeah. got a smartphone you could set a timer yeah and I think it just makes the tasks a little less daunting and yeah. dreaded because yeah. you're like oh wait it actually probably won't take me as long as I think it would yes and right and sometimes I think also we look at a room and we think oh I have so much to do but even taking 10 minutes actually picks up a lot you may not get yeah. it all done right oh yeah you don't ever get it all well you do mm. maybe get it all done but you know it's not like you have to mm-hmm. just getting some done is good yes awesome that's a great tip thank you you're welcome join us next week as we take a look at a pretty important topic the topic is how can we discern what is right and wrong i will be chit-chatting with two ladies on the episode on this topic and we're actually going to take what we're talking about with discernment and we're going to take a look at something that's pretty popular in popular culture right now and that is the Enneagram and I'm really looking forward to learning all about how we can discern things in life and also how we can teach our children to do that as well Um, it's going to be just another really practical um, episode and it's just full of a lot of really good conversation about oh just how we have to be intentional again I feel like we have to be intentional all the time Hey, don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platform, which would be like maybe Instagram or Facebook. You can like or follow us at Women of the Word CTW. There's a ton of great content. We have a blog post every Wednesday. We remind you of when our episodes drop. And then we always have a lot of other things on there. So be sure that you follow that. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast directory like Podbean, Google Podcast. Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen, it helps you out, but it also helps us out because we're able to um, get more subscribers. And um, that's really helpful to us because the more we get, the more our podcast people find out about it. And that's what we really want. So, and hey, remember when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of God until next time. Mm